Welcome to the She Read, She Said podcast, where we read and discuss books about women written by women. We're your hosts, Megan and Kate. So sit back, settle in, and let the pages come to life. Well, hello there. Welcome. Welcome to, I feel like this is kind of a special episode. It is a very special episode because this is the first episode that we've done where we are doing a bonus chapter Mm -hmm. and we are doing it by very, very popular demand. Yes, this has been a massive request. We get a lot of recommendations, usually not of the same book, but we get a lot of really great recommendations from all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. But we had so many people messaging us and commenting after we released the Verity episode saying that we needed to read the bonus chapter, the epilogue, and then come back and give our thoughts anew based off of what goes on in those extra pages. So we are listening to the people. That's what we have done for today's episode. And I'm honestly really, really glad that we did it. I am too, because boy, man, man, (laughs) man, oh, man, man, oh, boy. (laughs) So that being said, we're not going to do any spoiler free content because this is the end of a book. If you haven't read Verity, go read it. Go read the bonus chapter. I know that it was a bonus chapter that was released in a later edition. That's what I was going to ask. Where did this chapter come from? Because obviously it's not in my book. It's not in my book. And I think it was just released. I don't know if it was Barnes & Noble or some other store did a special release with this epilogue. Mm -hmm. You can find the pages online, people. Yes, you can. If you already have your copy. That's where we found it. That's where we found it. It was a very unique (laughs) reading experience. (laughs) Who doesn't like reading via online picture? (laughs) So again, we're not doing spoiler content. And with that, let's just jump into this epilogue of Verity by Colleen Hoover. Let's do it. So in the normal book, we end with Lowen is pregnant. They're moving out. Mm -hmm. They go back to the house. She finds a whittle letter. She does. Under some floorboards. Reads what is Verity's point of view, whether you believe it is the truth or a lie. Giving us the letter or manuscript debate. Yes, giving us the Team Edward versus Team Jacob debate. Yeah. And Lowen rips up the letter. She eats some of it. She She does. She puts some of it in the toilet. (laughs) She needed some fiber. (laughs) Because she does not want anyone finding it because Jeremy would never forgive himself if it did happen to be the truth. Mm -hmm. She very much ends on a note of, I'm going to be the light in all of his darkness. She doesn't know what to believe, but she's going to take the secret to the grave. And she decides that she does not blame Jeremy for potentially trying to murder Verity because it's what any parent would do. And it's very much left on the note of she's just questioning which truth Verity manipulated, the manuscript or the letter. Yes. Now we are six months forward in time Mm -hmm. from that point. Six months post eating paper. She has had the baby, little baby Nova, little Mm -hmm. baby girl. Nova means new. And that's exactly the kind of hope she's tapping into is that Mm -hmm. she wants a new beginning for her, for her and Jeremy, for them as a group. Jeremy and crew have abandoned the last name of Crawford Mm -hmm. and have taken her last name. So they are the Ashley family. They have moved. They're now residing in North Carolina. Granted, they don't really leave the house much, but that is just kind of where we pick up. And Lowen, which is something I really liked, 
is now a mother. Mm -hmm. She kicks off the chapter talking about how motherhood has changed her mindset Mm -hmm. about how up until this point, up until becoming a mom, she without a doubt believed that the manuscript was true. Mm -hmm. And now she just can't imagine how any mother would write that about her children. Yes. So we are now coming into a conflict with what we've been previously presented. Yes, because she says before we get into (laughs) some of the darker aspects of this chapter, she says, now I don't know what to believe. Was Verity a monster who actually did those things to her children? Or was she a monster who was sick enough to make it all up for the sake of a writing exercise? So before we get into the chapter, she's like, you know what? Either way, Verity was sick in the head and no sane mother would be able to write that days after their child's passing. (laughs) And she says, Verity deserved her ending, no matter how much it still haunts me. I'm like, what a way to kick (laughs) off a story where she's like, you know what? She's a monster one way or another. Even if she did make it up, even if she's completely innocent, it's not, you know what? She was a mother who was grieving and was obviously struggling with very intense mental health issues, Mm -hmm. with grief, with depression. You could come up with the list. She's just sick. No, she's just sick. She's just a sick monster. Even if she didn't kill her kids. Yeah. So, you know, she would just be a dangerous parent if she was Mm -hmm. left to live, essentially. I mean, before we get into it, I would just like to say that reading this bonus chapter, I thought of what Loan said in the first book, where she's like, reading from Verity's point of view in these villains, it's messing with my head, it makes me sick. There are so many thoughts that Loan has, and being in her point of view, that's how I felt. Yes. I'm like, this is sick. Yes. (laughs) This thinking is sick. So you know what? I know what it's like, Loan, to be reading a perspective (laughs) that makes you a little ill. But you know what? That being said, <laughs> I absolutely agree. I felt like in this chapter, and I attribute this to her being a mother now, Lowen, I think, is clearer headed mm-hmm. than she was in the original piece of the book. Mm-hmm. Because now there's another person involved. So mm-hmm. she starts to have that kind of contradicting point of view on some things. And she starts questioning some things where before I think she got swept up into all of it and didn't ask enough yeah. questions. And now she's asking all the questions. So that being said, I do appreciate now <laughs> that she's looking at the situation with mm-hmm. a little bit more of an open perspective because she does have another little human to protect. She does. And starting off with Lowen. She does a lot of reflecting on the presence of Verity in her life. I mean, she's in straight up competition with she Verity. She's in straight up competition and she recognizes that this is her. Like yeah. she's the one that's done this. She's been in Verity's head so much that she feels like Verity is inside of her. And I died when she says, I was never competitive until I stepped into her life and took over every aspect of it. And I'm like, sure. Yes. You take over a woman's life. That's just going to beg for comparison if you literally stole everything from her, her career, her husband, her kid. That would do it. Yeah. And I kind of love now that she's in position of being, I don't honestly even know if I want to use the word paranoid. And we can, Mm -hmm. we'll talk at the end about maybe if any of our feelings have changed about Loan or Jeremy or whoever. But the fact that she goes to bed and Jeremy's reading another female author (laughs) who is a dark haired version of Verity Mm -hmm. and that Loan now has to sit with the paranoia, for lack of a better way to put it, of, well, maybe he's going to reach out to another author. Maybe he's going to do the same thing that he did with me to someone else. And 
while I think you could write that off to paranoia, I can't necessarily fault her way of thinking because it's like usually, let's say people who cheat, mm-hmm. that tends to be a habit. Yeah. Like there's certain things like that that tend to be a habit. I mean, we see in this book, once you cross a line, it's very easy to do it again. Yep. I loved the mix of rational and irrational Mm -hmm. that were introduced to with all the things that are flying around in her mind. Yeah. And (laughs) for me with Loen, I really liked that part. But then it's tinged with what I would call the same kind of sickness that we saw in Verity's manuscript, yeah, where her and Jeremy have sex and she's making the comparison. And he says afterwards, like, you know, I'd have a hundred babies with you. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, take that, Verity. Happy birthday. So this level of obsession and comparison and like, that's sick to yes. think in your head about a dead woman. Yep. Take that. And it's her birthday. There's all of these levels. And then she's like, you know what? I wonder what it is about Jeremy that attracts these obsessive women. Like mm-hmm. she's hyper aware of her behavior and how it's messed up, but it's still just messed up and she's not really changing it. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of those lines where I'm like, that's very reminiscent of manuscript verity and yeah. the it's like the lack of humanity and empathy. Yeah. Again, you're stepping into very life. So you're also adapting mm-hmm. some of, we'll say, manuscript Verity's behaviors. And Loan is still making a lot of assumptions like about their sex life when mm-hmm. Jeremy seems perfectly content. But in her mind, she's like, no, sex with us is never incredible. It's just good. She's always kind of nitpicking things. If she's not feeling satisfied, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But her mind is poised in a way where she's looking for things to be wrong because yeah. of the comparison aspect. She wants what Verity had. She wants the sex life that Verity and Jeremy had because she says it's not about striving to be perfect. She's striving for better than. Yeah. It's like she does everything that Verity didn't. So she breastfeeds the baby Mm -hmm. because Verity didn't. She makes sure to get up in the middle of the night, even though she's exhausted when the baby cries so that Jeremy doesn't have to. Yeah. She's kind of killing herself in the process. But yeah, she wants to do everything better than Verity. Things Verity failed at, she wants to just win at. She wants to set records for the things that Verity did well. And obviously, that's just like an extra dose of that when it comes to Jeremy and her, plus her being a writer. And she's still doing Verity contract. Yeah. So she has truth and honor left to right, which I thought was so good. Yeah. And I just really like that coming off of the book, there was so much judgment around manuscript Verity being obsessed with Jeremy. Yeah. Let's just focus on that part of the manuscript, <laughs> not all of the other sick shit. The obsession with Jeremy, there was a lot of judgment on that. But Lowen is so completely obsessed with Verity. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Has Kettle Met Pot yet? Yeah. I just really find it interesting, too, just as a reader. Like you said, like she is so hyper aware of her behavior and of her thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I think that allows you to be a little bit more sympathetic to what she's going through mm-hmm. while also looking at it and being like, you are being insane right now. Like <laughs> you are the problem. You know you're the problem, mm-hmm. which helps me track with you a little bit more. Absolutely. Because I don't particularly find Loan likable, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily need her to be likable. Kind of like we talked about with the yeah. book. You don't need this type of a heroine to be 
your girl. Yeah. The back and forth was so, I think, realistic with her being like, oh my gosh, this is what I think. This is what I think. I am being crazy right now. (laughs) But also. But also take that, Verity. Suck it. (laughs) It was just wild. Yeah, because Jeremy, up until this point, pre-Patricia, that's a mouthful. (laughs) He is doing everything, quote unquote, perfectly. She feels insecure. As soon as he sees her, he closes the book, shuts the book, throws it. Mm -hmm. He's doing everything completely right. Yep. And their relationship seems like everything she would want it to be. It's kind of like if Verity wasn't in her mind, Mm -hmm. she would almost seem to have it all in that way with her relationship. Yeah, there were a few behaviors with Jeremy, though, I will say that I just kind of put my little red flag up a little (laughs) bit with. First of all, when they have sex, after he closes the book, Mm -hmm. she's bought the lingerie, all that. Afterwards, he looks at her and he's like, we did it again. And she's like, what? And he's like, we didn't use a condom. (laughs) I'm like, what is his game? Mm -hmm. The way he was saying it, I was like, are you just trying to get her pregnant are you trying to hold on i mean maybe he's trying to trap her like she yeah is trying to trap him and that it's was like kind <laughs> of my thought of like the mutually assured we are not a liability to one another we're in it together you yeah. don't get to walk away from me because we both know too much yeah it was just like oh whoops we did it again like we forgot to close the garage door like i'm kind so of thing. sick of you guys doing this <laughs> when he asks her he's like would you be upset if you were pregnant again and she's like well i wouldn't be happy about it just kicking it off this is interesting Mm -hmm. what's going on in your sex life on that level and then we also were introduced to the fact that after verity's death jeremy started running three to four times (laughs) a week and now he's running seven days a week jeremy's running (laughs) sometimes in the evening so you know that internally there's something going on with jeremy and you can look at that as he's literally just trying to process the fact that he murdered the fact that he's murdered his wife or you you could maybe throw a bigger red flag over that mm-hmm. when we kind of get more into Lowen's fears of what is Jeremy capable of doing yeah, kind of thing. With the two of them together, it's like, oh, you guys, I was just kind of weirded out by their dynamic at this point. I mean, it's what Lowen wants. It is. They're just gross. Yes. It should be perfect to her. But it's not. But it's not. And it's gross to anyone else who would be looking from the outside in. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she has to stop herself from rolling her eyes, <laughs> like when they're becoming intimate and he's mm-hmm. being sweet with her and she wants to scream at him to change it up and all of that. It's like, okay, so we're starting to crack a little bit, are we? That's very manuscript Verity-esque of her. It is. Just saying. It really is. Well, let's talk about Patricia. Well, crew wants to go to the beach. Lowen wants to go on vacation. And then they're like, <laughs> we'll just go to the beach. <laughs> so really, when you look at it, this is all crew's fault. Creepy, questionable crew. Crew's fault for wanting to be a child and go play with his sand toys. And of course, when they arrive at the beach, there's one car. Just, just the, one. Just the one. And boy, isn't that just always the case? You just see the one person you never want to see. The one time you leave the house because they do not leave the house. They, like you said, have changed their names. They have not told a single soul that they are together, that Lowen was pregnant and now has a baby. They are living like they are in witness protection. They are. And at the end of the book, that's actually something that I didn't even think about. But yeah, they are hiding out. Yeah. Even as they've moved to another state, mm-hmm. they still don't feel comfortable enough to be out in public. 
Well, you know what? They were right. They were so right (laughs) because they left the house. And Patricia is there. Jeremy has gone on a run, leaves her alone with the children, of course, to go on a run. I know when he's like, I'm just going to get a run in. Are you okay here with the children? And I was like, I feel like in situations like this, nothing good ever comes out of it. No, never. And of course, because there's that one other car, there is a woman with a little Yorkie dog walking down the beach. And she pauses when she sees Crew, not because he's just a cute little kid, but because she recognizes him. And I love the lead up to the Patricia reveal. Mm -hmm. Lowen's inner dialogue of, oh my God, how do I know this person? Yeah. And just that sheer panic. And I love that she's isolated on the beach because Jeremy's gone. I mean, I did feel bad for her in that situation. I'm like, never are you more vulnerable while your boob is out and you are breastfeeding your three-month-old baby. It's like the rules of decorum Mm -hmm. for Patricia. It's like, you should not have walked up to a woman, like a single mother sitting there alone breastfeeding with another small child. Yeah, she's outnumbered by the children. And she's going over there to be an instigator. She is. She's not going over there because it's like, oh, I see you alone. And do you need help or anything? It was obviously nothing good. And Patricia realizes her mistake. <laughs> but I did feel stressed for low. And I'm like, oh, my God, when she's looking around for Jeremy, like you're just looking around for any help yeah. because you're physically and emotionally vulnerable. And then, of course, Crew has his shining moment he does. where he's being really sweet. And when Patricia asks Loan how old Nova is, he tells her she's three months old and she's my sister. And I love the moment of Patricia kind of narrowing her eyes and doing the math. Mm-hmm. And then it's the reveal of, oh, this is the woman that Loan met in the grocery store. Yeah. And so this is a friend of Verity's and Jeremy's. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in this scene, while I thought Patricia was being a dick, she's also not wrong. She's defending the fact that her friend, who's now dead, Mm -hmm. taking into question the circumstance to which Jeremy now has a baby with the woman that moved into her house. Yeah. Lowen is like, what do you mean? Like, what is she going to think this is? And Jeremy's like, she's going to think exactly what this is. She's going to be suspicious that we did exactly what we did. There's no other way to really think about it, Mm -hmm. especially because Lowen wasn't there for that long. Obviously, math is math. If Mm -hmm. the baby is three months old, timing it with Verity's death, all of the things. And while I don't like Patricia, I don't think she's necessarily a good person or likable with what we've been presented Mm -hmm. with her. I can't fault her for looking at her like, oh, so something really shady went on and maybe you're responsible for my friend's death. Yeah. Or at the very least, oh, you're the kind of people that would have an affair when my friend is brain dead. I felt for Lowen in that moment. But also, Patricia's not wrong. Mm -hmm. The fact that she is kind of speaking up for her. I mean, she doesn't deserve to die. No. But it is interesting, though, when Jeremy finally arrives, that Patricia, despite her being nasty to Lowen and not kind to him either, she starts getting nervous. I know. It's like when he loops his arms around his family and it talks about like there's a line being drawn. It's like you're holding the front line. There's that thing coming off of Jeremy that Patricia can sense. In my head, I saw Edward Cullen in Twilight when he (laughs) comes up in his Volvo and saves Bella from the guys in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Like that look on his face when he's like, when he's baring his teeth, when he's baring his teeth in his peacoat, (laughs) (laughs) like that's what Jeremy's given off. And the fact that Patricia 
actually backs off. Mm -hmm. She takes the invitation to leave and she looks over her shoulder before she continues on. She should have looked over her shoulder again because Jeremy whispers to Lowen, I need you to take crew to the car. Hey, babe, can you take the kids to the car? Because I just have to commit murder really quick. I just have to drown someone in the ocean. So if you wouldn't mind just taking them, like packing up all the stuff, make sure you don't leave anything behind. Thanks, babe. I just love that Lowen's like, why did you take your shoes off? Jeremy reacts very quickly. He does because there is no time to lose. There's no time to lose. And Lowen is having an internal struggle because she kind of has her thumb on 911. Mm -hmm. And she's having to debate. I don't know if I want to call 911. I don't know if I can blame Jeremy for this. And she thinks like it's her or us. Yeah. (laughs) So she's in that mindset of just kind of not knowing and again doing the thing where it's like I can't blame him Mm -hmm. for doing this. Yeah, because she's an accomplice. I think something again that I just always go back to in the book that doesn't really get addressed is that Lowen was the one that looked at Jeremy and was like we need to make it look like an accident. Yeah. She could have stopped Jeremy like Jeremy did stop strangling Mm -hmm. Verity when Lowen kind of cut in Lowen is complicit a thousand percent oh absolutely yes you are an accomplice you could have stopped him you could have done anything but you didn't so I think just coming off of Verity's murder I never really feel like Lowen understands that Verity's death was on her in a bigger way rather than her just knowing about it and kind of being there and supporting Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, because he gets in the car and he looks very shameful. Like he's ashamed of what he's done. That's a good sign, I think, that (laughs) he's just not a sociopath or psychopath. He doesn't have like the thrill of murder in his eyes, according to Lowen. This is her perception of him, that he gets in the car with a look of shame and fear Mm -hmm. and he grabs her hand and he says, we had to. And I like, she's like, we didn't do anything. You did. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why you keep saying we because it was you, Buster. Yeah. She's like, don't bring me into this. Too late, girl. Too late. And when they go home, I don't know why so much of this tickled me. I felt like I should be a little bit more disturbed, but it genuinely- Because he just committed murder. (laughs) (laughs) Just committed murder. And it's so dark because she looks over her shoulder and she sees him doing it. Like, what he does to Patricia is absolutely awful. And like, that did make me a little sick. But when they go home, she talks about how like, she's taking care of the kids while he takes care of the evidence and I i'm know. like oh marriage <laughs> it's a work-life balance thing Ah, <laughs> oh, the nuclear family <laughs> the heteronormative nuclear family dynamic <laughs> yeah but i really do like when they get home i mean just adding god another layer to lowen's mindset i mean her thoughts are just non-stop they're being mm-hmm. pulled in every single direction and now that murder has been committed <laughs> there's just even more for her to try to process while trying to physically stand her body Mm -hmm. wants to collapse and now she's starting to entertain not only the idea that she is an accomplice but that two women have now died at jeremy's hands Mm -hmm. and is there any possibility under any circumstance that she could be number three she is classic devil and angel on the shoulder crisis right now and i think that's really interesting because i wasn't quite sure how i felt about that if i was looking at jeremy thinking yeah i think lowen's right that if you feel like she's not supporting you that you just would see her as a liability 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure where I sat with that. But I think she's really, really smart to think about that. Yeah, I mean, she tells him thank you because she's like, I don't know whether I mean it or whether it's survival instinct. Like yeah. She's going back and forth. She's thinking about how he can't grow bored of her because if he ever grows bored of her and wants to leave her, now she is a liability that she could be something to get rid of if mm-hmm. he ever wants out of this marriage. So, of course, they go and they have sex in the shower. Different kind of sex in the a shower. Different kind of sex. She's thrown him the curveball. She's doing something she doesn't usually do. She's trying to just be with him to show him he's not alone. She's trying to insert her importance and her desirability and all of the things so mm-hmm. that he feels like, yes, she's in it with me. She's not going to rat me out. And this is when he kisses her like he has never kissed her before. And mm-hmm. they have sex that's much more akin to what Verity describes in the manuscript. It's very rough and he's much more forceful. And like, mm-hmm. she likes it. She says that it's thrilling to her. Yeah. That it enables her to forget for a moment what's mm-hmm. going on. And by the end of it, she's smiling. Yeah. And ashamed that she's smiling. She's like, I need to wipe the smile off my face because this is not the time <laughs> to feel glee mm-hmm. at the fact that, oh my gosh, I just got what I wanted in terms of having sex like Verity and Jeremy had sex. Yeah. And that's really the first insight of seeing Jeremy through more of that manuscript light. Yeah. So that happens. And again, she comes back in with keeping the score. She's thinking he never loved Verity like this. Like mm-hmm. now I'm getting an accent to this different side of him that Verity did. She's feeling very good about that until Nova is missing. Nova was crying. Crew could not hear his TV show. And the most simple answer to his problem was to put the baby outside. It's the most horrible thing. Looking at that behavior, I was glad that he didn't do anything else to the baby. Granted, Mm -hmm. that could have killed the baby. But I kind of enjoy the fact that Crew is a question mark Mm -hmm. in a thriller story. Yeah. That in the book, Loan has that dream where Crew has inherited all of Verity's evilness. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at him like he's a creepy child. And when we leave them in the book, she makes a comment about Crew should be fine if we just give him enough happy memories. He'll forget all the trauma, essentially. Yeah, that's how trauma works. That's how it works, right? You take a kid to Disneyland after losing his siblings, losing his mother, and Mm -hmm. everything's fine. Yeah. I like that with Crew, you could look at his behavior using that as the example. There's Mm -hmm. other things that he's done. As this is a kid that's just experienced trauma. He's not thinking about it. There's no one around Mm -hmm. to help him. There's no one to help him cope. No. I think a child's actions in these kinds of deeply traumatic situations are completely unprecedented and you can't expect them to act one way or another. Like each child is just going to react completely differently. You can view it in the lens of innocence mm-hmm. in that way, that this is just a kid that's been through it. Because Nova was loud. And she how do you loud. take care of the noise but put it further away from you? And you could cite him saying, she's three months old and she's my sister. And mm-hmm. him, according to Lowen, being filled with genuine excitement and love. Mm-hmm. Or you could also cite the thing that he said earlier, which is when Loan remembers asking Crew what they should name his baby sister, he says, it doesn't matter because she's going to die. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's lost his sisters. You understand where that response comes from, but you could pull that little statement, attach it to this incident and say, 
maybe crew is troubled in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I like that we don't get an answer because again, yeah. this is all through Loan's perspective and she has every right to freak out. This is her child that's being endangered. Mm-hmm. Everything she's feeling is valid. She should be worried. Yeah. She shouldn't be in this situation. Absolutely. That goes without saying she shouldn't be here. I mean, I think I like the idea that if crew was actually troubled which i don't know if i do actually lean that way but if he was i like the idea that he would be troubled because of jeremy yeah because he very much feels like jeremy's kid absolutely rather than it being because of verity even if both of them are sickos (laughs) like that he would be leaning more on jeremy's side and i think for me that was the question mark i don't know if i lean that way either but i think you could make the case for that and i think if this story were to continue on, I feel like that would be the theme that would get explored. That if there's something in Jeremy, that calm, cold aspect of him that allows him to commit murder and go on to live a somewhat normal life. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that crew is a guaranteed murderer or anything, but I think that that's just a really interesting aspect to throw out there and to also just not have a clear answer on, especially to really prompt like Lowen's mental state that contributes to that, to all of that turmoil that she's just trying to sort out. Yeah, because once they get the baby inside, Jeremy is yelling at crew. She's like, I'm not staying for the punishment. And she hears a voice in her head that says, go, go leave him. And she's going back and forth doing the battle of, no, it's fine. No, it's not. You should leave. You should stay. And Jeremy comes in and he apologizes. And she says she doesn't know what it's for. Is it for killing Verity? Is it for crew destroying her trust? Is it for murdering Patricia? Is it for bringing her into this fucked up family? And I think the ending note of Lowen is really her saying, nothing in my world is fine. Yeah. She doesn't trust her husband. She does not trust crew. And she does not trust herself, which I think is obviously completely accurate considering we've seen all of the mental battles she's been having back and forth. And she says like she's competing, keeping score, and she's losing the game. She's losing the game. She's losing her mind. And like nothing is fine. Mm -hmm. And the last line of the chapter is, we can try to run from the Crawford name, but in the end, another tragedy will always be patiently waiting for us. We're nothing but a family of chronics. So that's really her giving into the idea that this is just her life. Like, it's inevitable that they're all just kind of a little cuckoo. But do you know who was the person to say that originally? It was Verity Mm -hmm. because Jeremy, I believe, tells Loan Verity used to say that we were a family of chronics. Yeah. So when she says that line, and I think that's the best way to end the chapter Mm -hmm. is on that note. So you're saying we are this, but that's what Jeremy and Verity were. So that, again, stepping fully into that role. She is Verity She now. is Verity now. Mm-hmm. That is just a straight up tragic viewpoint to have because you're just begging for more. Yeah. And she's in that same position of how manuscript Verity didn't trust Harper because she thought she was going to kill Chaston. Yep. 
And now Lowen looks at Crew, does not trust Crew, and thinks that he's potentially going to hurt Nova. I think this ending is a very much like Lowen has stepped into manuscript verity. Mm-hmm. She now has a piece of their sex life. She obviously is writing from the villain perspective as Verity's been doing. Yep. She, like I said, is in the position of distrust and giving over now to the chronic mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you are manuscript Verity. Or maybe you're a balance of both because Letter Verity did see some of this stuff stuff obviously and had an issue with it but it's like you wanted to be Verity so badly yeah and now she's gotten exactly what she asked for and she's also isolated Mm -hmm. like that's the other thing where she doesn't have any outside influences like any friends any family any anything else outside of this reality Mm -hmm. that she's now cultivated for herself yeah so i think lowen really is in this story the victim and the villain Mm -hmm. to herself yeah and my hope for her as a character is that nova would be the tether linking her to the possibility of getting out that that could push her to leave that behind like crew was for verity according to the letter according to the letter but she's gonna stay, which is really sad. It is very sad, but this is what she wanted. It is, and maybe she will start writing her own series when she's done with Verity's contract <laughs> that is maybe reflective of that reality. I mean, now that we've chatted just about what's going on here, did this epilogue change your view of the story or any of the characters? Is like looking back, I understand even more so why Verity was afraid of Jeremy. Yeah. And while her whole setup seemed kind of crazy. Medically impossible. Medically impossible. I mean, still have questions about that. But I understand that more because Mm -hmm. I really do, I think after reading this, still lean towards the letter being true. I'll stand by what we said in the last episode where I still think that that's the better story. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like Jeremy isn't a good person. I mean, he has two counts of murder on his rap sheet now, so... Yeah, and... I know that you could maybe argue, not that, oh, Jeremy is a great person, but because of the motivation in the book that we were given, there is a level of understanding because even Verity says that she doesn't blame Jeremy, that mm-hmm. he was being a good protective father if he thought that Verity murdered his children. I don't agree with murdering people, but I think you could make arguments to where like his reason for doing that was seemingly justified. But the whole Patricia thing, it's like, okay, now this is becoming a habit. And it's not that you feel good about it, but I think there was also something in the shower scene when he was watching Lowen struggle Mm -hmm. that he was very turned on by, that there was an element of that. It's like the comparison of holding Patricia under the water Mm -hmm. and holding Lowen's head where she's unable to breathe in the moment that he was really getting aroused at. He was. With that turn, it's like, okay, this is something different now. And now I'm sitting here looking at Jeremy, I think, in a completely different light. What about you? Yeah, I think I still definitely lean towards the letter because when I look at the manuscript, the idea of the manuscript is that she was writing truthful things, but from a villain perspective. Yes. So in terms of their sex life, like I think that rougher part of their sex life can absolutely be true, but she could have just fabricated the part where she was so obsessed with him. So like that very much could have been their sex life. I think there could be elements of truth all throughout. I don't think it's an either 
or thing all the time. I think that definitely Verity has a darker part of her because she is writing from a villain perspective. That's something she likes. And I don't say dark in an insidious way, just you have an interest in darker subject matters. And it makes sense why she would be attracted to Jeremy then, Mm -hmm. especially if she's writing as a villain, because I'm like, you've married a villain in that way. I mean, Jeremy in the murders we've been privy to has reacted very, very quickly. He has. And so to me, I feel like I just have no doubt. Like, I forget that this technically isn't confirmed because in my mind, it's just true that he definitely read the manuscript, tried to kill Verity because he didn't stop and try to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the guy that he sees Patricia walk away and he's like, okay, here's my shoes. Take this, go to the car. I'm out. He reacts very, very quickly. He's very trigger happy when he's decided that he wants to murder somebody. Mm -hmm. There's no thought. So I definitely believe that that piece of the letter is without a doubt true. I do too. And if that's true, then her saying in the manuscript, you know, then I'll just run my car into a tree. Mm -hmm. It's like you couldn't say that unless he'd already done it and she didn't write it after he'd already done it. Like, yeah, I just think the order of that doesn't make sense, that it makes sense that he would have read the manuscript, seen that and then taken the inspiration. So I think if we're calling it into question just that one piece of the manuscript, then you have to call into question everything. And I mean, I think it's a nice bit of writing that Chaston died in her sleep like she Mm -hmm. had the allergic reaction went to bed passed away and then harper drowned yeah and verity quote unquote died Died in in her sleep sleep. and patricia quote unquote drowned so i mean it's like some karmic cycles going (laughs) on here karmic cycles but yeah i think it definitely gives more validity to the letter when it comes to jeremy being responsible for trying to kill verity which opens up a lot of doors and you could say Maybe there's a swap thing going on where we thought Verity seems like a killer, but is innocent. And Jeremy seems like an innocent guy, but he's the killer. Yeah. And we talked about in the previous episode about people falling in love with the fictitious version Mm -hmm. of someone. I just like the idea of like everything being swapped. So it's like who you think is guilty is the innocent who we thought was innocent at first is guilty. And now it's just Loan actually getting to see the truth. Yeah. Because the book is called Verity. So here (laughs) ending on the note of this is the truth. This is who Jeremy is. This is what he likes. There's this edge to him. And I think that's as much truth as we're going to get. I think there's probably people that would still argue it. The Mm -hmm. manuscript, I think just in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's letter. It's canon. It's letter. (laughs) I know. I think by the end of this, that's just how I feel. And I'm not saying again that you can't make the argument for the manuscript. But I think now that we're seeing Jeremy in this light, there's just too many things for me because even with him immediately trying to kill Verity again mm-hmm. I'm like maybe that's because you did try to kill her and you're taking out the liability yes. just like Lowen is concerned that he's going to take her out because she knows too much yep. and could implicate him obviously in the murders like maybe that's why he was so eager to do it again rather than hand her over to the cops yeah you can just do that people you can just get the law involved you can press the 911 buttons you can <laughs> can do that at the beach when Jeremy is murdering someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of feel like walking away from it, the way my brain works, I feel like Loan subconsciously knows that that letter was correct because now she's in that position where, like you said earlier, like she has the child. Yeah. That voice is telling her to go. 
it's really up to her if she wants to listen to that or not. You don't want to say the truth out loud because you already know it. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that she wrote in the letter, the tone, I just really bought it when I read it. Yeah, That just sounded like a normal, more balanced person. And yeah, you could argue that that was just another character she was playing. I just really do buy the letter being true. Yeah. And I'm going to stand by that. You heard it here, folks. We are team letter through (laughs) and through. (laughs) letter. So yeah, I think Loa needs to get out of the house. I yeah. think she needs to listen to that voice that says go. I think when you hear a voice tell you something, whether you want to say it's God or source or a giant Yourself. alien in the sky that is telepathically communicating to you. Your inner truth. Your inner truth, your women's intuition. Your survival instinct. Whatever you want to call that. I think we need to listen to that. Ladies, mm-hmm. listen to the voices in your head. <laughs> they tell you to get out of there because she's like, I don't know if it was about Jeremy or about crew or both of them. I'm like, it doesn't matter because either is a great reason to go. Yeah. Take your baby and go. If you can't do it for yourself, do it for your baby. You should be able to do it for yourself. But if you can't, do it for Nova. So that's where we leave Loen and Jeremy and crew and Nova. Good luck with that, girl. So that has been the bonus chapter, the epilogue of Verity by Colleen Hoover. We are not going to do a rapid fire or any of that today just because we did that for Verity. But thank you all so much for reaching out and requesting this. This was so much fun to go back. And like, I feel like we just talked so much about one chapter and it was really fun to dive a little deeper and reflect on the 6-6 story this is that I enjoy so, so much. I know. I'm really glad that we read it. We've been in really deep with our Crescent City series Mm -hmm. and reads and all that stuff. So it was really nice to just dive back into the sick world of Verity. Yes. So I'm just really, really glad that we were prompted to do so. And to, I don't know, it just really is fun again to play detective and kind of sit in that space. And now that we've been presented with possible new evidence. Yes, definitely. So in two weeks, we will be back with Bride by Allie Hazelwood. So make sure to get your copy so you can join us as we get into the world of Bride. I'm so very excited. And in the meantime, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And also, if you are reading Crescent City or are just in the SJM world, come join us on Patreon. We are at this point just ending with Crescent City 2, House of Sky and Breath, and we will be getting into House of Flame and Shadow finally. Finally. Finally, finally. But we also have all of our Akatar episodes up. We have all of the Throne of Glass episodes up over there. So if you want to join us, the link is in the show notes below. We have so much fun over there. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot to talk about with this upcoming Crescent City 3 book. If you've read Crescent City 2, you know how that book ended. And you know we, some things. We are dying to start Crescent City 3. We are very, very excited and we would just love to have you join us on this big reading adventure. So thank you so much for joining us today for this very special bonus chapter. And we cannot wait to see you back here in two weeks with Bride by Allie Hazelwood. So until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.